<laughs> the noise of thunder. One of the four beasts saying, come and see. And I saw, and behold, a white horse. All right, everybody. Um, that was such a long intro. I'm it's still going. There's a man going around hey, taking names. Johnny Cash is an American treasure. You said that two seconds ago about Garrison Keillor. So. I did not say it was an American treasure. I said oh, I so liked his voice. Oh, no, you said that about uh, Car Talk. I did I say they were American treasure? Yes, you did. You called it an American treasure. It's a perfectly fine show if yeah. you're growing up in the northeast of the United States of America. Just and like, just like America. And your dad has it on the car every <laughs> just, Saturday, and you listen like to America. <laughs> America, American treasure. I called someone a treasure today. Uh, uh, I called someone. I like. I'm a big fan of somebody, and talking about it with someone else who also liked this person, mm-hmm. I was like, "That guy's a treasure." Well, I this was the second time I said it. An American treasure. I was describing Samantha B to somebody. She is an American treasure. And I said, She's Canadian treasure. Well, we're lucky to have her. She jumps back and forth. <laughs> but I, I said she was, you know, well, you you had introduced me to her stuff this past summer. Oh, that's right. And I was blown away and I've been uh, following her now. Yeah. It's funny, our best uh, critics, uh, John Oliver and Samantha B, uh, are, not are, from here. are not from him. Which but is nice. Trevor Noah. He's also not from here. He's also not from here. Yeah. Maybe there's um, a broadening of, you know, in some ways, like America. This is going to sound so dumb. One says America is the world. I don't mean this. That's a lot to unpack there, but I stand by it. Sure. I mean, well, we read that book about Rome. And, like, it often yes. reminds me. Oh, yeah. Thank that, you like, for helping me make my point. <laughs> Reminds me of how Rome at that time, like, was the thing. And, like, even if you weren't Roman, like, it was a lot of the ideals you wanted to be a part of. Yeah. Yes. Yes. So you would join it and support it and be a part of it. Yeah. Everyone cares. Uh, You you can't not think about it, not have an opinion, not have a vested interest in this. Um, Which I'm going to use to now circle back to a couple things I was just talking about. You were out of town. I was. This is Sovereign. That's Adam. Adam was out of town uh, in Nashville. While you were gone, me, your girlfriend, and my girlfriend went to see Get Out, which, which is, is awesome. funny, because every time I saw Get Out in the text message, I had no idea what you guys were talking about, because <laughs> it just said, let's get out. And I was like, where are they going? Where are they going to? Like... <laughs> Are they planning a trip that I didn't know about? <laughs> like, were they waiting for me to go away? And then I remembered the movie. Yeah, it, it is It is uh, really good. And was um, a very succinct, compelling, funny, and slightly horrific piece of entertainment. It was, it was just Was perfect. this why you asked me about The Purge? Yeah, we were talking, so afterwards we went to uh, drinks and uh, we were speculating how you would handle the purge because Get Out sort of has that similar vibe of like genocidal violence uh, packed into modern America, which, you know, seems alien, but like modern America is, you know, as we know, is totally capable of... some types of genocide. It's been like capable in the past, so yeah. it's yeah. very much capable. It's it's not gone. No, no, and that's the you know, if I may, that's the grandest conspiracy theory that somehow America is a calm, normal, modern place. Although we fixed everything, yeah, and these yeah. things can't happen. Yeah. yeah, and then I think Get Out sort of plays on that a little bit. Uh, anyway, enough oh, about Get okay. Out. But, but they tell that to the Indian guy drinking at a bar and some oh dickhead God. shoots him. I mean, like, yeah. you know, like, these things do happen. Yeah. Right now, it might be just one lone nut, but it's like, yeah. it's, it's yeah. not outside the realm of possibilities, as we've seen. Yeah, and, and for, for many immigrants, what America has always meant, like, for my, me and my family, was this is a country where law and order matter. Like, uh, that that crazy things just didn't happen 
out of the blue. Um, they happened back where we were, but they didn't happen here. And clearly it used to happen to a lot of people here too. We just, you know, like we were, we were, oh, right, we were right. blind to it. But uh, the idea that sort of spreading that sort of uh, violence out in, in, in all kinds of crazy ways is, uh, is both frightening, but also like, yeah, gives me pause and empathy for people that experienced it for years. Well, you know, a lot of us were deaf to it. So, um, I don't know. Oh my God. This, we're just in the, in a rut. So tell us, maybe you should talk about Nashville where you oh, were a while. We um, were, um, so I was visiting a good friend of mine, lifelong friend. I think we actually went to, what's that school before kindergarten? Pre-K? Yeah, like pre-K together. Is that what people call it? I guess so, yeah. Um, so, like, I've known him, like, almost 40 years. And I went and visited him and his wife and his young daughter. And I had a weekend in Nashville. Mm. And saw my first Trump rally. Oh, God. I saw the picture. Yeah, it was... I mean, it was very tame. There might have been somewhere between 12 and 30 people. But walking around downtown Nashville, it was amazing. At 10 o'clock in the morning, you had people on buses drinking and, like, dancing on poles and, like, yelling at you on the street and waving. So they're, like, trying to be Norman or something? I guess, well, from what my friend was telling me, it's, like, uh, a lot of... Uh, bachelor parties and bachelorette parties happen yeah. there. Yeah. It's like a place where people go yeah. and you know they have the downtown, they have their honky tonk scene, they have the bars that are open there like early in the morning, people are playing music. And so I think it's just like one of these metropolitan areas where people flock to to like have a, a weekend of drinking with their girlfriends before someone gets married. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, yeah, it's like a, it's like a whiter New Orleans Sure. There's music, but it's like the white country music. There's no jazz. No, I didn't see it. Yeah, it was like uh, I didn't. But actually, it's not Vegas. It's not Vegas. I didn't actually what, get to go Vegas into any of the honky tonks. Yeah. Because like our timing, but uh, where I was in East Nashville, it was a lot like Brooklyn, huh. and a lot of people there moved from Brooklyn. And then you have a lot of like establishments in Brooklyn, like Brooklyn Bowl, different bars. There's a Brooklyn like, Bowl moving bars down there. Yeah, there's a Brooklyn Bowl in Nashville. In Nashville, Nashville. so it's some a, weird reverse. It's a weird reverse colonialism thing going on. Yeah, I, I found it. I'm not disturbing, but I was just like, oh, like I never. It wouldn't occur to me to like open a bar in Nashville. When I have the same bar. Yeah, yeah. You know, I wonder, you know, people that follow these types of trends, you know, because, like, if you're going to build a Brooklyn Bowl, you have to assume, which is a, a Brooklyn Bowl is like a big uh, music venue, bowling alley uh, in Brooklyn and I guess other places. And it's a big, it's a big space and like a big professional venue, bar, restaurant too. Mm -hmm. And to put one of those down, you have to expect a certain amount of money and like you have to know what you're doing. Yeah. You have to plan a little bit. You have to know what the, that's going to happen in the in the recent, you know, in the coming future. Uh, so I wonder what like trends they follow to like figure out. Hey, I don't we know. should put a flag down here. Well, it, I mean, it feels being there, and I don't know how accurate it is. This is just anecdotal, based on my feelings. Mm. Was that it was a very like active city where young, you know, younger people are moving to, like mm. in their thirties with a family buying a house and then like creating this community going to bars having yeah. these coffee shops and yeah so and like the the pricing was very similar to brooklyn oh yeah like one place we went oh. to like the drinks were actually manhattan prices and i was like whoa guys I mean, I, I get shocked by Manhattan prices in New York. Yeah, I didn't fly two hours <laughs> to go buy it, but I'll tell you I didn't this. go to a Trump rally. <laughs> the drinks were great. Like, yeah. like these yeah. were some amazing cocktails. So, yeah. like, and like uh, barbecue was good. Food was good. This is a good setup for like a think piece about you know why Trump won. I, yeah, I like. Uh, I we don't have to. We don't have to. I'm sorry. Like I'm sorry. That joke is awful. Well, I mean, it's yeah. I don't know. It, did you, so what was the, what was, uh, give me some, like, uh, 
What's the vibe in Nashville? Well, um, about town, though, like, I, my feeling, and I don't know if this was me because I was a visitor, my feeling was, like, looking at everyone sideways, kind of like, I don't really want to, like, open my mouth too much, because I don't... Mm. I, I can I don't know where anyone here stands on anything like Nashville they say it's a very purple city where it's like there's a lot of conservatives mm. and there's a lot of Democrats and there are like liberals and mm. so you do have this mix and you just don't know what anyone thinks mm. is it pretty white what's like the um, racial makeup of uh, Nashville um I would say I mean the areas we were in well I it was kind of mixed, not mm-hmm. heavily mixed, but it's like, yeah, like, you know, like there were white people or black people. The portion of people that I did not see was our Mexican friends. Oh, yeah. And but my uh, my friend's wife, she works with refugees, and there is a oh. large refugee refugee population. And we did go get dinner in part of town that is basically where all the refugees go, and so oh. you'll have, you know. All of like the different foods that that entails, yeah, like yeah. Indian, Middle Eastern, like yeah. they they have all of those communities, Sikh, like all of that. Yeah. So, you know, it's, it was tough to gauge exactly. I would feel like I'd have to be there longer to like even begin to like have yeah. a very concrete opinion of like how it was broken down by race or who yeah, went where. Like, that was uh, yeah. way too. Anyway, who cares? Who's shit? Uh, <laughs> but hey, who cares about it's a great right? place to visit. And um, what I didn't realize is like they, they have a huge football stadium in the middle of town. Who? And Tennessee Titans? The Tennessee Titans, Ugh. which I had never heard of. I was like, who are they? Yeah, they sound like a comic book. And turned, they used to be the Houston Oilers. Oh, God. So it's like, I was like, oh, yeah, I've heard of them. But their, their slogan is tighten up mm. oh, it's like that is the worst mm-hmm. first of all do you need a slogan like you're a football team you don't like catch the ball should be the slogan like run run well, what's run the Patriots the slogan mm-hmm. like the, the Jets Donald Trump is my friend I don't know like tighten up yeah. and then you would like drive we went on a hike so we're like driving outside of Nashville and we'd see like a big flag and it would say tighten up Okay, but whatever. I don't really get yeah. sports people in like that way. Yeah, you know, there's yeah, there's things that I can't get on board with. A lot of them is sports, especially football. I can watch it, but like I, I just the fandom. I can't be invested any more than like when it's off. It's off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And usually when it's on, it's winter time, and you're indoors, and it's Sunday. And you've been watching football for possibly six hours and nothing has happened. And you just like wish you could get off the couch and do something else. But you're not going to. And that makes me sad. <laughs> uh, but hey, let's, you know, our, our, our very few listeners, when they leave reviews online, always complain that it take forever to okay, get to the so point. We're getting to our point. Yes. What's our point? The General Motors streetcar conspiracy. Yes. And... Unlike other ones, we have no idea what it is. We, we found it on a, a subreddit uh, on Reddit called Ask Reddit. <laughs> the question was, um, Reddit, what are the best conspiracy theories that turned out to be true? So this is a conspiracy that turned out to be true. Oh. Based on this clue, Adam, can you um, take a stab at telling me what you think's going on here? Well, huh, it's a and tough say it with confidence. Like, like, okay, General Motors, mm-hmm. GM, mm-hmm. and streetcars. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to, I don't even know. Like, it's, streetcars are such an outdated mm-hmm. form of transportation. So yeah. I can only assume that maybe instead of them running on electricity, they had just packed like 12 dudes into like a cylinder and made them like bicycle the thing from spot to spot and what? didn't save them very well. That's insane. That cannot possibly be true. <laughs> you tell me. Oh, I, I don't uh, I don't have anything, but I'll, I'll, 
I'll maybe hopefully I can narrow it a little bit. Yeah, there's a little bit of confusion because like I would assume General Motors came after streetcars because those would be. Uh, when I, well, did streetcars come out? I think General Motors was one of the first companies to come out of like early electricity. Like we're talking so like not, Edison not, and not Tesla because combustion, not combustion. Oh, so they were a streetcar company, possibly. I think like they were making streetcars and to run electricity. So Henry Ford. But I like... wonder if it has to do with something where, like, um, Edison wanted direct current, and Tesla wanted alternating current, and maybe they said something like, "There's no way to run these things on direct current." Okay. Which is way more dangerous than alternating current, okay. and less effective. Yeah, now we're tying into the, the the bigger the the sort of mythology about Tesla and Edison about mm-hmm. current. Okay, but I mean, we're also talking about like you know like since it's true, I'm reaching for things that I have mm-hmm. heard are also true. Not a bad idea. Okay, um, or there yeah. could be some sort of Nazi connection that I don't know about. Nazis. Maybe they were making really good motors for Nazis, uh, like streetcars in Germany, but they weren't actually for streetcars. They were actually for like their new Panzer division or something. Oh, all right, okay. This is a bold. This bold is an onion that has many layers. You can get to the bottom of it. We don't even know if it's an onion, um, but I like that you think it's an onion with layers. Uh, I don't think I have any better guesses. Um, but like, yeah. I mean, like, let's look at a, a conspiracy that turned out to be true uh-huh. recently with a, a company. I mean, you have uh, Volkswagen. Volkswagen with their cheating on yeah. the... So it's not outside. Oh, of course. No, I, I don't yeah. think uh, uh, these big corporations are beyond, you know, putting on massive scams, including Uber doing the sort of hiding the data. I don't, I don't really understand it, but they're running some sort of, like, data hiding thing on their system so that municipalities couldn't really figure out what was going on and how many rides and whatnot. Um, but uh, this feels a little bit more nefarious than that. If it's just hiding information or lying about emissions, that's like a modern, or modern maybe like uh, sensibilities and morality and concerns. Back then, I mean, so few, I think you have to do a lot to really sort of, like, offend people back then. Well, yeah, and so you know like, in the history books. I'm wondering, like, if we walked into a nursing home right now and found the oldest person in there and was, like, General Motors streetcars. Yeah. Like, what, would they, like, clench their fists and get really <laughs> angry? Or, like, would they be like, what are you talking about? <laughs> well, the, the number one comment that came after that someone suggested that General American or sorry, uh, General Motors, Sugar and Percy is from Blitzkrieg Punk. This pisses me off every time I think about it. Wait, it's not Before General you... Motors, it's Great American. Well, but then it redirects to General oh, Motors. Okay. Sugar, so I think they just got it wrong. Or it has a set like multiple names. Um, I don't want to look any further because I feel like we'll figure it out. I think maybe it's a good time to pause. Oh, so what we're going to do is we're going to, we've done this before once. We're going to look at, YouTube is great for a lot of things. One of them is all kinds of, yeah, conspiracies, hate speech, uh, uh, just the worst and the best of of humanity. So if you put out, if you punch into Google Street Conspiracy, you'll you'll see a bunch of videos that come out. Uh, There's Taken for a Ride, the U.S. history of something from Peace Rubble. 93,000 views, 56 minutes. I don't have time for that. Uh, Next one down, 652 No, that's a little too low. Uh, so I bet you it's a, a gentleman talking over photos. Oh, yeah. The, yeah. Speaking yeah. of the drugs of YouTube, uh, the, you know, the problem with watching YouTube on, on the Apple TV is I think it's purposefully, like, shitty. Uh, Oh, I think we just got a clue, but do not, not, really the, do not let the listeners know. Okay, um, so we're going to watch some of the videos. It's unclear which one we're going to watch, because they're all over the place. Um, I don't know which one we should watch. I think we're going to have to watch the long one and just turn it off at a certain point. So, right? Does that make sense to you? Yeah, jump in. We'll around. watch Taken for a Ride, the U.S. 
the U.S. history of the assault on public transportation, sorry, scrolling, in the last century. Uh, it's made by Peace Rebel. Uh, it's 56 minutes, we'll just watch a little bit of it. So next time you hear from us, you know, after the music, uh, we'll be, we'll have watched this and ready to kind of explain this um, awful conspiracy theory to you. I think we're going to be outraged. <laughs> Alright. When the man comes around. Apparently the man is GM. John Motors. Alfred Pre... Alfred... P. Sloan Jr., whose name you see all over the place, uh, especially in New York. Alfred P. Sloan Foundation, always on NPR, you know, where a lot of, uh, a lot of billionaires find their, uh, penance. Is, uh, uh, public radio, yeah, public, uh, art fun. Sure, we destroyed America, but, you know, but maybe we, you can hold a ballet. But we had to. Yeah. Just like the Koch brothers. You know, we'll, we'll pollute and destroy America, but here, have a ballet. Have a ballet. Yeah. I feel like one of... The one problem with this video, though, is... <sighs> Hold on. No, too soon. Uh, what is the GM streetcar conspiracy? Do your best. The best I've got is GM is a business, <laughs> and they saw uh, a market where... One out of every ten person, peoples in America had a car. If they could get a significant portion of the rest of people to buy a car, they make a lot of money. I, I don't know if we we can like assign like motive and it's all that tough to GM, because but this let, happened let, over the course of yeah. many years. Yeah, but let, let's talk. Let's talk the sort of like broad strokes of what broad strokes of what cool. happened. And, and so basically, if you can. Get rid of rail lines, trolleys, and replace them with cars and buses. You can sell more cars and sell more buses. Yeah. So how do they, how did GM, how is it alleged? And there's some evidence because there were investigations and stuff. So how did GM do this? You, um, by, like, having shadow companies, not shadow companies, but other companies do other tasks like going into a system and taking over their rail system and then slowly cutting back on services to a point where they're like this isn't making any money we just have to get rid of it yeah and replace allegedly allegedly and replace it with buses yeah the strongest uh, point they had was um gm did seem to off the books fund the national this bus company. This bus company that did go in yeah. to different municipalities and did ruin. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so why would why would GM be opposed to streetcars? Well, thing I would assume it's because one, they're not making the streetcars; they're not selling them, so they're in competition with the very the very beast like that that. that the thing that 90% of people are riding on, they don't have any part of it. Okay, well, I think I'm going to rewind a little bit. So, uh, as, as Adam said, this, this took many years to happen. So, when this grand conspiracy started, uh, it was the 1920s, 1930s. At this point, the only markets generally were uh, big American cities. Well, which is... And by the end of the conspiracy, we're talking about post-war American booms, suburbs, and all that. So... When this, when this fight to have cars be ascendant in American cities, it's the 30s. And what's happening there is that, from what I understand from what you said, what the government said, is that cars have to be in the right lane and uh, streetcars get this right away. So clearly, uh, a streetcar with its infrastructure and with, you know, with, the line, with the electric lines and all that is what roads are for. And cars are secondary. So cars want dominance over the road. Uh, two cars have to be pushed out. So how do you do both? Because not everyone's going to jump on a car. Well, buses. Buses are, since they sort of, you know, have to stop and start in the same way cars do, even as the playing, uh, the playing uh, field. But, the, but for whatever reason, and I agree to this day, yeah. 
The buses were worse. Yeah, I don't know who knows. Uh, I mean, I hate buses. I hate getting on them. They're the worst. Yeah, but when do you get on a streetcar? I've never, well, like I said, I got on a streetcar in Basel, Switzerland. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> you haven't said that to anyone but me. They have <laughs> streetcars. Um, I, but I don't know. Like, um, it, it's tough because we're also jumping into this at a point where there's all these streetcars and there's all these ca- cars. And everyone in this documentary or propaganda piece or however you feel about it is talking about like how the cars like took over and snuffed out the the rail lines and these things. Yeah. But let's think but, about but this. The, the car part doesn't come later. The cars the cars because America is still before the oh, war well, is you, generally a very poor country. Well you're saying like the buses and stuff, but like let's let's think about this. The generation before the start of this show that we're watching yeah. would have had the same feelings about the streetcars because now there's no horses. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's like the streetcars have taken over this whole thing. So like I, if one part of it is it are we watching something where a group of people are just angry that a technology has overtaken a technology that they really liked? Uh, yeah. So so the the, uh, the documentary was just actually pretty good. Um, I enjoyed it and it's worth the watch and if we had more time, we'd watch it. Taken for a ride, um, <laughs> posted by Peace Rebel, uh, the U.S. history of the assault on public transit. It's worth a watch. Um, yeah. So yeah, that that I I, I agree with you, Adam. Um, uh, I think I think a couple things happen. A couple things that are hard for uh, these people to acknowledge. Uh, American pro- American prosperity is one. The huge. Uh, the baby boom and the huge growth in income after the war uh, made Americans want things in a way that was hard to resist. Uh, the, the sort of poor masses in the cities, a lot of them were able to want very selfish things. I don't want to be on a bus anymore. I want to drive well, my I, own car. I don't want to live in the city. I don't want to live in the city yeah. anymore. All those kinds of things. Um, I don't want to be around those other smelly people or, you know, all that kind of stuff. And, you know, this is when sort of like white America was created, right? You went from like sort of, uh, slums in the cities to like professional, uh, suburban class that believed in personal freedom, in consumption and all that. So a lot of, like a lot of lefties, this documentary wants to blame that all on the corporation. And, and not blame what is, is American selfishness and if you look around the globe what is like individual like everyone shares the selfishness yeah because I, I look at my family my mom and my dad they're um, they were both in the city in Boston in the, in the surrounding areas of Boston and they were like we don't fucking like it here we're moving to the sticks we're moving out to where there's nobody Go. and like this this bus line and like or the trolley lines they're talking about, that shit that does to this day does not exist where I grew up. Yeah. So it, it's interesting because in, in one sense they're like, well, this is this is why this happened, and I'm like, sure, I'm like sure there's a lot of facts in there. Like, yes, this yeah. is why. Yeah, like, white white flight is bigger. You still live in the shadows of white flight. Bigger trends going on here where it's yeah. like, you know. You know, like, everyone they're interviewing, it makes it sound like they're so psyched to be riding the tro- trolley. Yeah. But everyone they're interviewing, they're adults now, and they're talking about them riding the trolley when they were kids. Yeah. And it's like, I fucking loved riding the school bus as a kid. <laughs> I hate riding it now. Yeah. Yeah, and, and, and uh, I think the, the, the selfishness of, of uh, modern Americans, that corporations, corporations have sort of matched up very well with, Americans' growth and prosperity, uh, and they've provided a vision of America that uh, is a very appealing. And and uh, you know, forget that example we just talked about, but just think about the Uber example. Yeah. Uh, recently, it's come out that like there's so many Uber trips or Lyft trips or Juno trips right now that ridership on the MTA is 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 dropping. 
And it's going to lead to this traffic problem. It's which not is why ins- I like the MCA more. <laughs> no, but if you think about it, that's insane. It is insane. In, in a city with very good public transit, I mean, people would prefer to take to be 10 to 20 times more mm-hmm. to possibly spend the same amount of time, but in a car that they can call their own for 20, 30 minutes. Sure. Um, so we... Um, it's 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 and I've done that. I've been that guy that that's called Uber and then you know realize it's gonna take me longer because the train's quicker. But it's also there's that uh, that dislike of the city that's built into uh, maybe everyone, but especially a lot of Americans. There's there's an inherent dislike of what a city is and what it means, and it means other people. It means other people have their yeah. problems. Well, yeah, and I don't like see how trolling solve that. Dealing with other people. Yeah. Well, the thing is, like, like, even a share Uber, like, fuck, man, I'll pay more for a Dude, a, a me solo and Uber. Emily have argued about this so many times. I hate a shared Uber. It drives me insane. But it's that reason, because, like, I want to be by myself. Yeah. But, like, you know, like, the transit system in Seoul, Korea is, like, awesome. But it's a city. Mm-hmm. You, I can say the same thing about like you know like the trolley system that was in Basel was like this was great. I wish why can't we have this everywhere? Mm-hmm. And you're like okay, and like watching this, it's like oh because like somebody decided to dismantle it. But even looking at in New York City where they're like trying to do these dedicated bus lanes, like that crap doesn't solve anything either. Maybe like, I don't know. Is that true? Well, I'm like the buses don't run any faster because like people. What about the express one? Once again, I don't take a lot of buses, but I'm just saying, like, from sitting in traffic and watching buses, uh, you know, like, I have this, but but also New York City has not dedicated many streets to buses. Yeah, New York is surprisingly car-friendly, not only car-friendly, all kind of vehicles. This morning, I saw a 16-wheeler turn left from a two-lane street to a single one-way street. And where uh, this was in Williamsburg, yeah. Just up the road. Which Williamsburg gets yeah. a lot of traffic because... Well, uh, Williamsburg is, is sandwiched in between two... Uh, what do we call it? Remake stuff. And not manufacturing. Manufacturing industrial, industrial like, yeah. places. Yeah. It's like, it's a, a green point in Williamsburg. It's, like, it's funny because there's these islands in it, but also like you have people who are living up against these industrial zones. Yeah. Although, I mean, uh, buses wouldn't have solved the sort of manufacturing things, but the idea that like New York, and you know, New York is a very successful city in so many ways. A lot of people do ride public transit. The MTA is generally successful despite its deficits of money and whatnot. And it does provide people, kids, poor people, uh, regular people, uh, yuppies, a very good transit system. Um, it does all that, but at the same time, it's also a city that wants to, as the mayor said, have zero traffic. There's a, there's a plan for Vision Zero. And what causes traffic deaths? It's cars. It's almost always cars, buses, and all that stuff. Um, but it, it almost can't have it. Uh, it I, I have a car in New York, and I love my car. Uh, sure. I am one of the baddies. And here's the best part. Sometimes I leave my car and then take an Uber <laughs> to work. Because I don't want to have to park. Wait, to work? Sometimes. I did it this morning. You take an Uber to work? Sometimes. Okay. I have no judgment here. but Oh, there's definitely judgment. Go right ahead. I welcome it. I haven't told people about this. Oh, God, dude. The fuck? Hopefully, hopefully <laughs> if anyone's still listening at the 34th minute, they're ready for some uh, honesty. I don't want to say any of that. <laughs> He's shocked. It, I also have to be in, like, to this morning I have to be in at, like, 7.20, and it's really hard to, like, sure, work I, together. Yeah, but, like, but, no, you it's do live next to the subway. <laughs> People don't even know about that. I literally, literally, I literally live across the street from the subway. I mean, it's 7. I know it'll be, like, there'll be people on it, but it's not going to be packed. No, it's not packed at all. In fact, I could probably get a seat. You probably can get a seat. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. I, I know. I am offering myself sure. as, as a, uh, to be honest about 
how selfish, and it's not even American, I think everyone has a selfishness, but the American system allows corporations and, and the way corporations and government marry each other in America allows for that selfishness not just to be both indulged, but to be profitable, sure. to feel good, to feel like progress. Americans love talking about Uber. Uh, well, Americans also love talking about You brought about up this great idea of like that it feels like progress. And, and, and it's interesting because like in this video, movie, documentary, they're talking about this, the, the fumes from the buses, which is a huge concern. I can only imagine there's an even bigger concern you know, back in the 40s when these engines were not running very efficiently. Yeah. And, like, for me, like, often sitting in New York City traffic, because I work for a dumb trucking company that moves stupid okay. high You're way worse than I am. I, like, my How dare you even yeah. point a finger at me? But, it, you know... Like, one, like, the one, like, slight glimmer of hope I start to get is, like, a lot of the New York City buses are going hybrid electric. Yeah. And you're like, okay, phew, finally, yeah. like, we're trying, like, yeah. Yeah. we're trying to get smarter We're trying to recover this. from the mistakes of that previous era. The The documentary is shocking. I mean, there's testimony uh, from L.A. seems to be sort of where most of the damage or most of the documentary is Which seems like L.A. is a perfect place to have trolleys. Yeah. Because, like... You don't necessarily want to dig a big subway system yeah. because you do have a lot of earthquakes yeah. and like yeah. whatnot. Yeah, and property values are not that high that you need tall buildings. Yeah, lots of reasons. L.A. and L.A. Uh, experienced them, you know, eras, years, excuse me, years of horrible smog and pollution that you know cost people Only lives. Rivaled by Mexico City. Is that true? Yeah, well, Mexico City has a, a huge problem because it's like it's a bowl surrounded yeah. by five huge mountains, oh, yeah. and so like the wind doesn't always get through there with uh, to circulate the air so like it can sit and sit and sit and like LA experienced something very similar like other big oh, cities yeah. too yeah yeah I, I was in Mexico City a few years ago it didn't feel it was around this time of year March and it didn't feel any I was there in December 2012 you know where you yeah, what I loved I loved it if yeah. you're thinking about Mexico, Mexico, Mexico City, City it's awesome yeah but and you'll see a lot of pollution. It's fine, though. Um, Dude, not really, man. Go, go to India, man. No, seriously. Oh, no, like, like, for, like, like major are, pollution? Like, it, it, it's... What is going on in Asia, um, because sort of the population boom, manufacturing, uh, poverty, uh, people burn lots of people because of poverty and infrastructure burn, you know, carbon in the morning to... Heat up stuff. Well, and, so we're well, talking like it's, wood it's fires. That, it's also you know like a, a cultural thing too, where you're like you know like you're, you haven't been told not to do this. Like this isn't a. Wrong I think no, no. People would prefer if they could afford to not do it. Yeah, because the soot, the smoke, the the total like mess of it all. It, wow. it's, if they could do gas, they would love to do it. A gas kitchen is a dream. Yeah, but that requires infrastructure. Right. That requires all this, and so. But the you know you'll 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 I was in India recently and you'll wake up in the morning and it's like really nice, so it's like you know it's all clear. Uh, maybe there's been some dew in the atmosphere and then like within three hours it's just like full of stuff, just particulates all throughout the air and even out in um, you know we were all the way east in Assam you still like you can feel the population in a way that I don't think America has seen in a hundred years. And when I think about sort of the rollbacks of environmental controls, um, uh, that's the part. Like, Americans don't know the massive effort it took to, to, no, to, to get, clean up America. To get that okay. Yeah. And everyone's like, what? It's fine. It's like, no, you think yeah. it's fine because you don't know. Yeah. And, you ha and, like, the thing is, like, I don't know. Yeah. Because yeah. I never really yeah. lived yeah. through it. But, like, I've seen enough documentaries... Remember this thing called acid rain? Yeah. We don't have it anymore. Yeah. No, I mean, in, in we, the places in the Bronx have massive asthma rates because that's where multiple highways go through. So all these, like, poor brown kids with, like, massive asthma rates. And, like, you can't get people to pay attention. If you can't get them to pay attention, now the federal government's about to, like, uh, pull back. The head of the EPA yesterday said unsure if carbon dioxide is the cause of climate change. The head of the EPA 
But the thing is, like, I don't believe him. <laughs> I'm like, I, I'm pretty sure that that motherfucker knows it is. Oh, yeah. And okay. just doesn't yeah. care. Yeah, yeah. Just yeah. doesn't care. Yeah. For sure. whatever reason. Yeah, yeah. Is, is, is Donald Trump a racist? Who cares? Who cares? If okay. he's spouting racist policies <laughs> and is backed by racists, who if, cares? If he's not, I don't know what the fuck he's doing. Yeah. If yeah. he is, everything yeah. makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, are you are you dumb enough to believe the things that you're saying? No, we're all being politically uh, calculating, I guess. Uh, I don't know. Uh, it's but well, like one of my biggest concerns has been lately. You know, it is watching them roll back and stack the EPA with climate change deniers and like really lobbyists, like trying to get rid of the information of yeah. climate change, and it's just it's. To me, like, I don't understand it because it seems, one, on one side, very petty. Yeah. And two, you're just like, dude, like, why? What does this get you? Yeah. It's like somebody handing you a fat stack of Benjamins, and that's why you can sleep at night? Or do you truly just want to burn it down? Um, I think what... This is a good question. Why? Why do and you know these are all coastal elites that are in charge of the party. It's not like right. These some are, hillbilly farmers. These are hillbillies. Yeah, yeah this that, is, that are running the show. Are people who I think what they found is that they found ideas about modern America and and the dislike of modern America that they can ride on. So the Republican Party is a marriage of sort of uh, retrograde ideas married with economic. Libertarianism, sure. So you can, although I think most American corporations now are behind affirmative action, are behind diversity, and are behind climate change, yeah, and are planning for it. I think there's still a strain of it that's like in the dark corners that is anti that, and has realized like, you know, the modern Republican Party is, hey, if you get get in bed with a couple of racist ideas, your ideas like. What's the biggest thing they wanted to do? Roll back Obamacare. Why? To give rich people a tax cut. <laughs> that's it. So if that if, if I need to like yell at Muslims to do that, that's okay, man. It's okay. I don't it's mean a, it. Uh, yeah. I, don't, I didn't mean it's it. It's not a Muslim man, dude. No, it's not a Muslim man. It's not a Muslim man. Why are you calling it a Muslim man? I just need you to vote for me. Yeah. I didn't mean it, everybody yeah. else. Why are you staying away from my party? Yeah. While, you know, while Trump and these guys have no problems doing business in Muslim countries, doing business with Muslims, hiring Muslims, uh, putting them in, you know, fairly positions of leadership. Sure. They have no trouble in it. There's no personal prejudice. Yeah, they don't get, it's, it's, a, it's a game. Like, yeah. It's not, yeah. But, like, what, what I, in this one, whatever, didn't want to get this route, but, like, talking conspiracies, it's like, Rex Tillerson has been in politics. Yeah. Why the fuck does he want his job? That's a good question. I mean, it's like you. This person has never shown an inkling in my like from looking at his career that he has any any civics minded. Yeah. But he like gives a crap at all about you know like being in politics or being a part of that. And it's like so why have like why does this person want this job? I think if we if we take it if we take the sort of an optimistic approach, people get into government because they feel like they can make good change. If we take a cynical approach, they uh, they do it because of vanity. And if we take the sort of like truly nihilistic approach, they do it for personal um, benefit. Uh, I would say, let's go with the optimistic route. Rex Tillerson feels like, as the former what, CEO of Exxon, <laughs> Jesus, yeah, yeah, Exxon. It's, it's even hard to say. Oh, it's, it's even hard to say. Oh, my God. Oh <laughs> no, my but like, God. I look at it. Hey, Adam, um, could you come and be the Secretary of State? Yeah. And I'd be like, all right, how, how much are you going to pay me? And they'd be like, you'll sell yourself. A bunch. I'd be like, great. No, um, you can't pay him a bunch. Well, no, no, it'd be a bunch more than I make now. Oh, okay. For yeah, me. For you, yeah, yeah. And I'd be like, yeah, I'll take that job. Not that much more, probably. I'll, I'll do it. It's probably like 150 at most. I think the president's at 250. 150 is... 
$100,000 more than I make. <laughs> yeah, but so. it's, not, it's, not, it's not like, it's not insane amounts of money. Yeah, but I get to travel. There's lots of perks. No, you don't get to travel. You don't get, no, you don't get to travel. You get to be shepherded around by like a massive security force. That's what I call travel. <laughs> but I'm saying like, yeah, it would why? make sense for somebody like me to be like, yeah, I'll take that job. Well, you would never be offered that job because you don't serve any purpose. I mean, no offense to you, Adam. I'm not taking any offense, you're, you're, although I could have, you're, from the record. Your hiring to be Secretary of State this serves no purpose at all. Uh, hiring Rex Tillerson yeah, but, to be President, uh, to be uh, Secretary of State, it serves like, a massive purpose. Yeah, of like, hey, we're still willing to get in bed with you, Rosha. Yeah, the oil industry, which is, which is, uh, you know, much like the gun industry, sort of this rogue industry that wants to buck the general trend of, of what seems like semi-enlightened corporations on one side. Um, they just want to fucking, you know, well, so burn they, it down. They make a, a point in this, like you know, like Firestone. Was it Fire? Yeah, Firestone mm-hmm. and these other Standard Oil, these other companies also kind Got of in. backed up GM yep. in yep. this thing. Yeah. And so, like, people may think that this was a conspiracy and that it happened, or you could see this entire conspiracy is still ongoing. Yeah. Like, I, I, I feel like you could probably connect a lot of dots yep. and keep going along. And I don't know if I would even call it conspiracy. I would just call it business as usual. Yeah. Yeah. This is, I mean, this is what, like, a lot of people cynically call, like, American capitalism. Right. Sort of geared towards... Um, uh, corporations that behave almost autonomously with little to no government control that uh, are almost as powerful if not more powerful than the U.S. government that collude together uh, that have captured agencies that are supposed to regulate them. Right. Uh, the uh, Food and Drug Administration is you know, famously controlled by the, the drug companies. The EPA has just been Taken well, over like, by the and like uh, banking regulators and like the uh, the watchdogs of Wall Street. Like yeah. a lot of those people leave there and go into Wall Street. Like they'll yeah. do a lot of that. I mean, yeah. so like I don't know if I would call the GM streetcar conspiracy a conspiracy. Yeah, I think it's just a thing that happened in history, and it's not really that much of a conspiracy or a secret. Well, the, yeah. And while at the same time, there are particular moments uh, the 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 taking uh, the the bus company and their direct collusion, which was investigated by Department of Justice, that does seem like a conspiracy. It could, but at the uh, same, but it, it's but part of a larger time, narrative. Like, yeah, you, you're talking about a mom and pop shop that was in like Minnesota. They had two buses, and oh. then GM comes on along. They're like, "Hey, man, we're gonna like fund you." Well, there's evidence for both sides. They did get a guilty judgment, but the penalties were really low, which makes me think that the judge probably disagreed with the, the judgment of the jury right. and uh, put and very low penalties uh, to basically show his or her displeasure with, well, the, with the thing. I think we're dealing with another thing <laughs> present day, whereas with that Wicca, 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 WikiLeaks about the CIA, the so like... I found this to be the biggest non-story. Yeah. Like the CIA being able to like tap into smart TVs, smartphones, your Xbox, every device. No, 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 that's not true. No, 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 but like the, that's what WikiLeaks wants you to think. That's what they want you to think. Yeah. But like, but the idea that I mean, like all these tech firms have made a lot of this stuff dip, more difficult to get into. They yeah. definitely have done that. Yeah. But it's like to think that the CIA isn't working on some way to get into this computer and look at you through your camera would be ridiculous. Of course they are. That's their job. Well, you know, I, like, yeah, I don't want to get too far into it, but I mean, I think the most interesting thing about it is the collusion between the Russians, Trump, and WikiLeaks. Uh, them attacking CIA, I don't think it serves to like diminish U.S. intelligence capabilities, but oh, no. I think the NSA has much better tools and is much more embedded in everything, and what Snowden has said is much deeper. You see, CIA runs his, deeper. CIA runs his own small shop, and let's say like every, everything that WikiLeaks dumped, like it wasn't nothing in that. I don't know, like nothing in it made me blink twice or even like give yeah. a shit. 
if you're using WhatsApp or Signal, any of those encrypted apps, I think you're fine. And uh, smart people that I'm reading tell me that it's fine. So um, You're not fine. You'll never be fine. I'll never be fine. <laughs> but my WhatsApp chats with my family in India, I think, are fine. Um, and, you know, all we're doing is sending, you know, vacation photos. But um, I hopefully I can keep it hidden as to where they're coming from, who they're going to, and... Uh, avoid some sort of detection all right uh we hit the 15 minute mark maybe it's a good place to stop talk about uh, our hopes and dreams for the future hopes and dreams um so two thumbs one thumb you know what i give it a thumbs up to the conspiracy theory because i think good conspiracy theories reveal like truths about american society and and the best ones are true and if they are true they're probably not conspiracy they probably are you know, like in this case, a grand narrative about the rise of uh, corporations and the diminishing men of the city, kind of like, yeah. you know, we, we read the Robert Moses book, it's kind of like that, and, and uh, uh, what's uh, Jane Jacobs, you know, like it's a, that sort of like fight and sort of how uh, corporations uh, just sort of weasel their way and, and change American life, but yeah, ultimately it's also about American prosperity and selfishness and uh, innovation, I dare say, uh, and, and uh, how we view, view progress that makes it all possible, and I don't know how you turn that feeling off. Well, I, I, I like this uh, conspiracy only in the sense that like it will give you a good history lesson, mm -hmm. like a good, solid history lesson, and in this video, and particularly uh, the historian author who has been working on this for, for 16 years. He's probably like dead by now. By the way, this argument was made in the 80s. Yeah, and it's like, there's a lot to unpack here. Yeah. And, like, I think that's an important part when going into any conspiracy is, like, if, if you're able to learn something, awesome. Yeah. All right, on that note, that's an end for us. I hope you enjoyed it, and uh, see you soon. The hairs on your